It's hard to hear the truth with so many people talking. Join your host as he engages in unfettered conversation with folks sharing their perspective on how businesses, political policies, technology, and world events impact their families and communities. If you want to turn your thoughts into actions, listen to the Brother of Light, dropping wisdom in your left ear and knowledge in your right. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Welcome to another episode of Folks Unfettered. I'm your host, Gene Folks. I'm that brother of light. I'm that wisdom in your left ear and the knowledge in your right. We're going to jump right into this episode as we have as our special guest, GOP candidate for Texas District 30, Dr. Trey Penny. We want to get right into it. All right. Thank you for joining us on this next episode of Folks Unfettered. Uh, we're pretty excited about um, this uh, upcoming episode. As, we, as you all know, we're entering election season and true to the show's platform, um, we like to take a, a balanced approach and offering, offering uh, differing voices uh, from different perspectives on the program. Uh, today, we're excited to have with us Dr. Trey Penny. He is a congressional candidate for Texas District 30, and he is running uh, as a Republican in a uh, primarily majority-minority um, district. How are you? Doing well. Thank Good. you so much for having me on. Good. I really appreciate it. Uh, I know you and I have had some conversations when we first met um, uh, about um, uh, your platform. Why don't you just tell us a little bit about yourself, your platform, your journey? How did you become uh, a, a Republican? I know that <laughs> as a man of color, that, that seems to be a pretty uh, challenging thing to, to be right now. But just tell us a little bit about your platform and say, we'll, we'll, we'll say let you down this road. Yeah, yeah, we'll we'll say nowadays because right. um, you know I I can say that I did grow up democratic, grew up in okay. a household, untraditional household, right. uh, been raised by my grandmother. You know, it's okay. like my my greatest influence in my life, and right. it's unfortunate that in the inner city, I grew up in the inner city, Houston, Texas, mm-hmm. um, Northside Acres home. You know, one of the um, you know one of the one of the majority minority districts. I mean, this this district had. Um, I like to liken the period between the the 80s and 90s when I was coming up as as one of the worst period that that any African American community could have been going to. Mm-hmm. You're seeing some of the the violent murder rates that will, that are, that we see nowadays in in Baltimore and Chicago and some of that mm-hmm. uh, that was centrally happening in my in my community at the time. Mm-hmm. And um, in fact, it was it was at such a level that uh, President um, George H. W. Bush. Mm-hmm. Launched his war on drugs mm-hmm. uh, 
from the community, from the, the park right across the street from my grandmother's house. Wow. So I mean, that's a pretty the, controversial decision he made. Well, look, we were getting we were getting killed at a at a at a significant rate, and you got to look at what's happening. I mean, look, for us in the community, we don't know that we were being victimized. And mm-hmm. I was one of these these young advocates at mm-hmm. the time. You know, mm-hmm. I was real. You know, I was one of the young cats, and I'm following everybody else. And you know, it was like we didn't want the police in our community. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, you know, we we can do it ourselves, whatever. So mm-hmm. it, the police didn't come. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. We were, you know, we were killing ourselves at one of the highest rates. Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, during this time, the murder rate in my in my city was higher than L.A. and L.A. had criminal gangs. Wow. So and that's Houston. And that's Houston. Yeah. Right. right yeah. Right. This was in the nineties. I mean, it was it was big. You know, this mm-hmm. was, you know, it was going down. It was different. Mm-hmm. And um, like I said, we we didn't want the police in our community. And, right. Um, I say that everyone's an advocate until they become a victim. Mm-hmm. Right. And uh, so I'm going through this whole whole period of time with, you know, like I said, broken household, my father not there. And, uh, you know, it, it was, you know, everyone's, you know, we, we, we used to watch the news in the evening just to see who else got killed. Because it was it happening just, and we everybody knew everybody. It was just something new. And, uh, you know, at 16, fast forward when I got sick, when I became 16, man, um, you know, the day before my, my cousin's wedding, you know, she was getting married, and she was always, she was always talking about how she was gonna leave. You know, so she, she was gonna, she was gonna get out and leave. Right. And um, you know, the day before her wedding, man, you know, her her um, fiance was having a what we would call a bachelor party mm-hmm. or whatever at my uncle's house, and and uh, it got out of control, man. You know, and um, the family friend ended up pulling out a gun. Pulled out a shotgun on, on her fiance, and uh, my aunt went and got my cousin from from the house, and she went to get her fiance. And um, how that shot was fired, I don't know, but I heard the shot. I was actually coming through the trail, and my whole family live on this on this dirt road. So when I'm coming through the trail, I I um I hear the gunshot, mm-hmm. and once I hear the gunshot, you know, um, it was a shotgun blast. I mean, it's loud, you know, yeah. and, and yeah. Next thing you know, I'm, you know, this is my family, so I'm going to see what's going on. And, you know, family friend came running past me. I didn't know, you know, he was involved. Uh, make a long story short, you know, my uh, my cousin got shot in the chest and, and uh, she died. Um, somebody within the community. Somebody within the community. Somebody we all knew. Um, so we talk about this this system of justice, and and and, I, and I, like I said, I mean, get back to the to the point. Mm-hmm. The idea of everyone's an advocate until they become a victim. Mm-hmm. I was one of those advocates. I didn't want the police in my community, mm-hmm. but when that happened, mm-hmm. the police couldn't get there fast enough. Mm-hmm. And I do, I do remember that even with this going on, because of how we've been, we've been, um, you know, culturally conditioned to mm-hmm. not not trust the police or not want the police. Mm-hmm. Even when these guys came there and were trying to do right to help us, try to figure mm-hmm. out what happened, my family mm-hmm. still wouldn't cooperate. Mm-hmm. You know, they act. You know, where simple do you think questions. That, where do you think that come? Where do you think man, that come from? That's just that's just these these cultural mores, man. Just you know, different 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 things about you know not the not snitching you know mm-hmm. uh, position. I don't know where I don't know where that, that how that built up in the black community. Right. So that just become part of the culture. Let me push back a bit. I I, I believe you know. Uh, that um, uh, you know, you you became you became a police officer, 
a, a police officer a police officer eventually. Yeah. And I believe that a lot of it, you know, we have to. You know, I do believe you're right. We can, you know, everyone's an advocate to become a victim. But however, I believe that where both parties get it wrong is this idea. Um, and I know you and I have had this discussion um, about the African-American experience in America. And when we dig into history, and here's the thing. The, you know, when you have priming language, when you have people that, you know, use certain words to justify a certain system. I mean, surely we, 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 we I believe, uh, as Americans, we all agree that there is systematic and institutional racism. I do believe, however, that you and I are, are, are maybe similar in thought, that our attitude has always been to over overcome that. You as a as American-born man of color and me as a foreign-born man of color. But I would also say that you know that comes with unique challenges. And while I can under I can understand why there's not a trust of law enforcement and government intervention because our well, history our history argues that when we have tried to to trust the government. I'm, I'm glad you're going look there. At the, look at the I Tuskegee Airmen, for example. I got it. Look, right? look, with, look. The, with the case of, of the, you know, they're going for vaccines and they get hit we're, with we're not. Right? We can't negate history. History mm-hmm. tells its own story. True. Right? So we that was a reason for the civil rights movement to occur. That was mm-hmm. a reason for people like Malcolm X to exist. Mm-hmm. That was a people for, that was a reason for the new black, for the, uh, the uh, Black Panther Party mm-hmm. to exist. Mm-hmm. Um, you know some of some of the the most prolific leaders that I that I you know I would go listen to some of the speeches from uh, Eldridge Cleaver man, mm-hmm. uh, um, you know Fred Hampton man. Some of these these guys were young men, but they were intelligent. Right. They were smart. Right. They were able to articulate what was happening right. to them in their community at the time. Right. We didn't have that. You got to fast forward. I mean, you fast forward twenty, you know, thirty years mm-hmm. into into the future, and to get to where we are, mm-hmm. and. The, the mindset is, is, is there's, a, there's somewhere along the line we broke. We broke that mm-hmm. chain mm-hmm. where it wasn't about intellect anymore, mm-hmm. right? Huey P. Newton was one of the most intellectual men mm-hmm. that, that we'd ever... Started that, the, the, the free... That started the, the, the uh, Black Panther Party. I mean, the, right, yeah, but started also Black started the, Party, like, but the free lunch program for kids. Absolutely. He absolutely. started the early education. Right, okay. Absolutely, right. yeah, yeah. One of the most... Inter- and he was, a, mm-hmm. he was a doctor, man. A lot of people forget that he right. was a doctor, Huey P. Newton, man. Right. The, the man right. was... Right. I mean, but you can't right. negate what those guys were going through, and, mm-hmm. and the fact that that they knew the law. Mm-hmm. See, that that's the difference between where where we are today mm-hmm. and what was happening then. That was a reason for these guys to exist. Mm-hmm. They were bringing about change, but they were doing it the right way. And I'm gonna tell you, also, you saw a break even within the the Black Panther Party at the time. True, because ideologically they started to they, they had to split True. they were they were right. they were doing two different things that's why you have the the Eldridge Cleavers mm-hmm. and you have the mm-hmm. you know the the Bobby Seale you know you yeah. had you had everybody yeah. doing so, their right so do you think that was more um generational or do you, because because I would say this this is where and, and I'm really glad you brought that up because this is where um this has been a topic of mine for a long this has been an issue for yeah. me for a long time where I think you're right. I think there's a there's a to to a certain degree, there is a there was a a period to where we lost the Marcus Garveys and the MLKs right. and the Malcolm X's and right. those you know we still have sort of Angela Davis right. We have some of those 
uh, Nikki Giovanni and some other people that have sort of hung around and, 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 and really tried to move the movement forward. I believe that's where you and I will find common ground is there was a break. Why aren't there any more Malcolm X's? Why aren't there any more Martin Luther King's? Some would argue that, you know, every time we presented a leader, regardless of what we've done, whether it's been peaceful or otherwise, that that leader has ended up dead. Give me that leader. Right. In modern day. Give me that leader. Today? Yeah. Give me that leader. Who is that leader? Uh, in, I, in this in this generation. I mean, you got to give us. <laughs> well, so, I mean, you know, the names escape me. But the last time I went to the Congressional Black Caucus, there were several. I would actually I would also argue. I would also argue. OK. That um, uh, today's black leaders don't go far enough. I, I don't think they I don't. I would argue we don't go far enough. I, I would say so too. I would say I would say that as well, um, because the, I, everything's so PC right now. Mm-hmm. I mean, and, and it's like it's. I would it's, say right now you've got Louis Farrakhan, and people could talk about his religious oh and his ideology. But look, look, look that, 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 that's somebody I'm going to ideologically I, disagree I, with. I mean, look, that that could be, and look, that's okay. That could be, that could be your. A lot of people support no, him. Look, but not me. You're not. You're, see, you, right. Let, let me let me give. You I, I will tell you whether I support or don't support. But you asked me to give you a leader who um, who's really out there being vocal. I mean, you did have the Reverend Wright, and he was condemned, right? And so I can mention these people without saying whether their ideology, you know, uh, aligns with mine or not. Uh, right, some right, would right. say that, you know, Marcus Garvey, who was a fellow Jamaican, uh, that we actually deported out of the country because he was trying to set up much like we have a lot of immigrants do today. Although we have to remember that African-Americans didn't immigrate here. We didn't come to Ellis Island. Of course. Right. Of course. And so, you know, Marcus Garvey was like, I'm going to set up the continent of African-American. And what he was talking about was threatening people. And, you know, my father would say that I have Marcus Garvey's tendencies and he's right. Right. But when it comes to ideology, I think, you know, I can listen to a person with a spirit of discernment. And I don't think we do that anymore. And I think that's where you and I agree to where we don't listen to it. We don't we don't listen. We get so party centric that we don't start. I'm yeah, not we don't party. start. I'm not a partisan. So I know. I know. No. 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 I make sure I did. No. I'm saying. I'm saying. No. I'm not. A lot of people do. No. You're right. A lot of people do. I'm glad we don't think through. Right. So I can listen to people's ideas and and and, and um, uh, belief systems that are different than my own. Yeah. And really listen to them and try to empathize with where they're coming from. Right. And then be able to go. Right. So I can mention Louis Farrakhan without saying whether or not that's my guy. I can say I can listen to what he's saying. There's some truth. And so we don't do that anymore. Right. There's some truth in what he's saying and how does that apply to our current situation and then debunk those things that I don't agree with. That's called healthy discourse. Fair enough. Right? Fair so enough. that's so absolutely. Right. So that's yeah, 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 absolutely. Right. Absolutely. And it's one of the reasons and why that's we're, what we need because be. you don't even know my party affiliation. No, that, that, that's I, one I, reason I why. Asked. Right. That's but one of the reasons why I, I, I wanted to have you to have this conversation, because I think this is healthy. I think it's healthy to see where we can agree as two men of color from two different backgrounds but then also to where um you know we can we can also you know intellectually disagree right so because i think we see something very different in the media on on both sides you you know what i would say is that um from 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 me even being uh, and i hate to tell even tell people that i'm a politician Mm because i'm not Mm -hmm. i've been a public servant my whole life um my ideas and my ide- ideologies are based on my education, are based on my background and my mm-hmm. experiences. And I think 
um, in this generation, we're, we're, we're so emotional driven to where that's not even a thing anymore. Mm-hmm. We're not even looking at, you know, what, what, what do the statistics say? Uh, what, you know, what educational perspective, mm-hmm. uh, what, what theoretical perspective can we use to, mm-hmm. to, you know, what's happening right now, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I was just talking to a guy not, not too long ago about this, um, th- this whole idea of, um, 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 my God, I'm drawing, I'm drawing a blank on it's the okay. on the uh, uh, it, it, essentially the, the, this movement, this this Black Lives Matter movement, mm-hmm. and how it, it's so it's so divisive, and how see they were creative when they created the name, mm-hmm. okay, Black Lives Matter. Mm-hmm. Okay, if you're black, you're not gonna say you don't support Black Lives Matter. Mm-hmm. You're gonna say you on guitar, sure, right? If you're white, you're not gonna say you don't support Black Lives mm-hmm. Matter because they're gonna say you're racist, mm-hmm. right? So the narrative. And, and, and even though there's a destructive narrative mm-hmm. that's destroying the mindset of our of our young black men, mm-hmm. the mindset we talking about we talking about the ideology. I know what's the, I know, what's the destructive the, the piece of it uh, that we're going to. This almost almost takes us back. Not even not even the by any means necessary. Mm-hmm. This is the this is the um, the, the the victim narrative that mm-hmm. that because we've been. Victimized by this system, mm-hmm. now we have to start destroying the system mm-hmm. in order to rebuild it. It's flawed, right? Mm-hmm. Um, their whole position, and I don't know if you even followed any of the, the mm-hmm. stuff, but mm-hmm. uh, black liberation was their was their whole um, concept in the 2014-15, mm-hmm. you know, um, uh, development of mm-hmm. when when they when they were created as a 501c3. Um, but a lot of people don't even realize that this was a real organization. Mm-hmm. This was they were like, oh man, this is just you know just people. The churches just no, say that the Black Lives right. Matter, but no, no this was no, a real was right. That's right. thing that they were that, formally put together, and right. they were right. using, they were exploiting fears in the mm-hmm. Black community. Mm-hmm. When I tell you about these long-lasting fears, I'm talking about these these, these fears of the police brutalizing mm-hmm. uh, black people in the black communities. Now, we knew that on, on, on our side. Growing mm-hmm. up, we knew that mm-hmm. we don't want the police in our community. Mm-hmm. But now when I step back, I can I can look. Now I can see. Because mm-hmm. I've been a police officer for 21 years, mm-hmm. right? That was a reason for mm-hmm. those police to be in my community. Mm-hmm. See, I didn't get to that part of the story. That was a right, reason right. for them to be there. Right, right. We were victimizing ourselves at a high... At, at, at such a high rate mm-hmm. to where they had to be there. And then when they engaged right. us, so right. there was a heightened level of engaging right. because of what was happening in the community. Right. So two things. I think um, the first one is is that that's sort of a, a really uh, eloquent way of saying black on black crime. First one. <laughs> uh, it, it is. And, and, you know, a lot of times, you know, when we don't talk about White on white crime, although that's probably running about ninety percent, right? So, is, is that in the inner city? What's that? Is, is it, that in your is that in your it, urban all, in your urban all, minority community? It, it's all it's all over, right? It's all over. But here's the thing: I'll, I'll say this. The second one is um, this idea that you know Black Lives Matter because of you know police you know police brutality, which you know quite frankly. We personalize it, right? It's right. the same thing you're saying. We make it emotional, right? And you know these systems have been put in place and are not emotional. So when you're saying that, you know, we have a long history in this country. Just, just it's just history, 
in this country of, of the one group of people who did not willingly come to this country. We have to really put that into place. That doing and the people say we're African soul of the Africans. Well, then you, that tells me you don't understand the diversity within that continent of Africa, right? That the fact that my mother being American and my father being Jamaican, even though they share African heritage, they too come from two different tribes, and that's considered interracial. See, African Americans don't have that history. So when I go home to Jamaica and I know that my people come from Ethiopia, my 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 bloodline is is a lot more aligned and less maybe in some cases more messy but the way that they view it is very different i know that i come from the maroons i know that i'm tiano i know i come from that issue and so this idea that blacks are somehow homogenized becomes an issue and so right. what is unique right. about my african-american cousins is their experience there and even through our education system our institutions and our systems we have been using the wrong language because what okay. we have done with how you take over a country is you do it you 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 do it through faith. And so what we have conveniently said is that this is through slavery faith? through faith. What I mean by that is I don't want to attack evangelical Christians, but we have done it through um, because it would be attacking myself. Yeah. So, you know, but at the end of the day, we have used a very convenient term called slavery. And then therefore that leads to victimization. That's why we say that we have victims, because we all, as my grandmother would say, we put the wrong, we put the wrong emphasis on the wrong syllable, right? <laughs> and so, right? And so what really happened was a Holocaust. And we have to really embrace that language. I did a study at New York Life, Mass Mutual. I'm a finance guy. It's all about economics for me, right? And all the banks and the insurance companies came out and said, that at the, when you do a security, if you have one cow and that cow dies, you get an insurance payment. When you have a herd of cattle, you have a security. That's what Wall Street was built on. It was built on the backs of human beings that okay. this country didn't think were 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 humans at the time. So are you looking so, to rectify? Is that something that you that you're looking to rectify? Here, here's now? what I would say. I would say that if we have models in history of mm -hmm. uh, Japanese internment camps, Chinese internment camps, uh, what Germany, what the world did when it came to our Jewish brethren, right? Right. Um, to where they found a way to rectify a wrong, right? It's the same thing with taking out some of these. Look, you don't leave the swastika up in in Germany, and you tell the Jews to get over it. It's 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 almost unique. That's where the conditioning comes in to where we embrace it. And right now, what you and I are talking about, I'm not talking about party. I'm talking about something very big. No, I'm bigger. just. I'm listen. I, and I, until I, I, and, I and until we as extent. a nation. Here's my, here's the ultimate goal. I know where you're going with the statues, but go ahead. Right. Until I, I'm really not going anywhere. But until we as a nation, until we as Americans begin to deal with the ugliness of our history, right. what will happen is this, when we embrace it, and this is what I think you can relate to, what will happen is this, and this is what I believe, okay. what will happen is this, is that if we tell history for what it was, you do okay. one or two things now at this point. The country says, you know what? You're absolutely right. We brought, we brought y'all over here because we couldn't do the job, right? That's just really, okay. we built the entire country. Absolutely. I got you. And so we move it from where we're stubbornly fighting this idea that it was slavery and that's the way it was and the Bible tells us that's okay. And we call it what it was, it's a Holocaust. Now what happens is this. You and I start looking at each other differently. And then the nations start looking at us differently. And then we can get on with the job of being one America. <laughs> 
say that that happened. And now what happens when somebody says this? Then let me, let me finish what I'm saying about this. And I'm trying to grab. I'll go ahead. Go ahead. I'm saying about this one because it becomes too easy now. Right. When we there's a reason why we need to attack the systems, we need to attack institutions to change that. And what we're doing is we're, we're saying that you're attacking. We're not. And we know we're not. And I'm saying those people that are out there, I'm saying we as a nation, not we as I'm part of a group that we're that we're how are we attacking these systems. Just, just real quick before you go. So, no, how, no, no. How we, how we so these at the end of the day, I think we need we need police reform. And I tell you where that comes from. We need. You know, as a military man, you were a military man, you're an Army guy, I was an Air Force guy, I was combat, and I'm, I'm not sure if you were combat or no, not. Here's where I become, I have an issue with the police. I was, you know, we didn't, we didn't say halt or shoot. We were not, I had an M16 with 240 rounds. I was inserted internally. So that means that if I had my brother to the left of me and the brother to the right of me, and that cat went flipped out, I was the guy that would take you down. Right? That, that was my job. Right? I was IA. Okay. That was my job. Right? They had M16 with 240 live rounds, right? In my 10 years in the Air Force, based on my training and my physical makeup, internally, when I had kids, I was a kid at the time too, flip out on me, not once, not once, not once did I have to pull my M16 off my shoulder because when I did, there was no haul or shoot. There was just shoot. Right, two to the body, one to the head. You know how it goes down, right? So, so you, the other wait, thing wait, wait, too. Hold on, this, hold on, hold on. So now, now you using this this rationale and talking about you talking about right? a military soldier at war taking out one of his own? No, that, no, no, that, no, 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 there, no, no. No, within the military, especially in, in combat situations, combat situation. especially in peacetime, uh -huh. you have people that are internal, right, to make sure because sometimes you have. 18, 19, and 20 year olds who may have a bad day and you're giving them a 16 with 240 rounds who might get pissed off and hurt their fellow soldier. That's that's just that's just that was just the job, right? But there were some of us that were trained, it's one of the reasons why I went to Europe. There were some of us that were trained, this is where I'm going with this. There were some of us that were trained in how to de-escalate that situation. Okay. Okay? okay. So when I look at the police and how they handle things, right? A job they chose, by the way. When I look at how they handle things, I've had to take down people with a sidearm and an M16 with live rounds or somebody else doing something they didn't need to do. And not once did I have to put my foot on their neck. Not once did I have oh, to choke man. them out. But see, this is, but it's see, a training that issue. Is, no, it is no, an absolute training issue. What you just done is generalized an entire profession based on the action. Don't you and I get generalized? But what what are we talking about, man? Are we talking? I mean, see that that goes back to this whole idea of the of the of the victim culture. I don't. That, that, I, mean, I, yeah. I mean, look. I mean, you you're not a victim. I, but, I but, really but, but, not. But yeah. you, but you right. but the thing right. is, you're saying the same things that that the the, the mainstream media is giving you. No. You're saying these same no. exact things. No, here's the thing. And, and I'm and I'm saying that only no, because I know what you're as I know that that as a whole, as law enforcement as a whole. Mm. There are some good men that good men and women Agreed. that I had that are doing a great Agreed. job. Agree. I, I, I got difficult some, job. some guys I serve with absolutely okay. are good cops right now. Agree. And, and training, right. especially here in Texas, mm -hmm. training occurs frequently, often. Mm -hmm. The core training every two years. Mm -hmm. But you every day is a training mission. It is. Agreed. <laughs> right? Agreed. Now, when an individual acts on their own, like uh, you know, loses their you mm -hmm. know whatever anger situation happens, mm -hmm. they and they act on their own. They do something they shouldn't be mm -hmm. doing. It is incumbent upon their peer, 
that's there, the officers that are around to address that issue. Agreed. But it but it's not a a an indication that the the entire system is is broken. But it okay. It, I mean, it, it's just I, 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 I'll give you that. I, it's not okay. So uh, help me understand this. Then how is it that let's just go from the late sixties, okay, seventies. Let's just do forty years, right? Less than I've been alive. How is it that we have so many um, who are today now being released, the numbers are astronomical, from law infractions that they found that they were they were they were innocent. How, how do we justify? Okay. No, 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 no. How do we say the system's not broken when I, we have men that have been in prison for yes, most of their lives, and then we give them very little money? Here's and here's what I say to you. And, and I'm here's and I'm what glad you and I here's what I, I do here's, want to address. Here's where you and I, and I want you to. Here's what I want to. Here's what I really want you uh, to get from me. Um, yes. I don't, in any way, shape, or form, buy into a victim mentality, at all. Yeah, I I, 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 I never lived. Duly know it. However, uh, uh, and I think you and I will agree on that. However, you know, you have to look at things how they are, and you have to. That's the thing. When we we want to, we want to, and regardless of whether you're talking to progressive or conservatives, it's the same issue, right? Is that if I say to my progressive friends some conservative things, then they want to tell me that I'm doing X, Y, Z. If I'm saying some things to my conservative friends, then they want to say that, well, no, 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 I'm doing this agenda. And I and I think you're right. I think that the I think you're right. I, I would absolutely say you're 100% right that what we get sometimes from the mainstream media on both sides is not the full story, right? I would completely, no, and most of us story. don't do our own homework. And, and right. uh, to the, right. So I want to express that it, what I'm looking at is trying to remove the idea of uh, emotion and partisanship to say, look, this is what it is. And it's the systems and the institutions that need to be repaired so, and training needs yes. to be improved. Okay. All right. Cuz that was a absolutely. slick way of you saying yeah, that. Absolutely. We're blaming the we're blaming the quote unquote criminal, right? No, no, no. look. I'm, okay. I'm I'm look, the okay. system, you're right. This there are problems in in, in systems, but mm-hmm. I think it's important mm-hmm. for people to understand that these are all different systems, mm-hmm. okay? There is law enforcement. Mm-hmm. Guys actually go make their arrests, go mm-hmm. pick people up, put them in jail. Mm-hmm. Then there's the administration of justice system, which mm-hmm. is the judicial system, mm-hmm. right? Mhm. What happens inside of that courtroom, we have nothing to do with it. You go testify. Mm-hmm. You, you, can, you can give your, your, your opinion. Now, you do. They work with the prosecution. Mm-hmm. Law enforcement officers work with mm-hmm. the prosecution because the goal is to convict. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. So when you come back years later, mm-hmm. and I'm glad you brought that up, mm-hmm. we're talking about how the, these um, you know, DNA analysis has mm-hmm. released so many, so many different mm-hmm. uh, people from being unlawfully convicted or mm-hmm. uh, we found... You know, officers to be untruthful on the stand. Whatever the situations mm-hmm. were, now it's time to address those issues. Mm-hmm. And and they and the states have mm-hmm. realized that that is a problem. Mm-hmm. So the states are now, you know, paying. So so the states do do mm-hmm. uh, you know pay those individuals for right. lost time. You can't make up that lost time. Right, you can't make up. That but lost we time. are talking about. We're talking about different systems of governance. Yeah, agree. Right. Agree. Uh, right. Law enforcement officers are governed by United States Constitution. Mm-hmm. They have their they have whatever the state 
penal penal codes mm-hmm. or uh, mm-hmm. uh, code of conducts or mm-hmm. uh, then they have their their own internal mm-hmm. policies that mm-hmm. they have to follow, right? Mm-hmm. And officers are always operating under you mm-hmm. know under the guise that that whatever they're doing, they're they're, they're trying to make sure that mm-hmm. they're balancing within right. the, within right. these skills. Sure. Now you have some officers that mm-hmm. are just out there d- doing their own thing, mm-hmm. and they're not you know whatever. That's not the majority. Mm-hmm. So when we start talking about reform, I want to make sure that we are looking at all these different systems. Right. The courts, you no one to. wants, no one right. wants to le- legislate the judges. Right. The, no one wants to talk about what the judges are Agreed. doing. That if a if an individual commits the, a black male, white male, same same district, mm-hmm. same community, whatever, commits the same crime, mm-hmm. there's no reason for them to go before the same judge. One of them get twenty years, the other one get Agreed. probation. There's no Agreed. reason for that to happen. Agreed. But right. it does happen. Right. So why, why do you so, think that is? <laughs> you tell me. Yeah. I mean, the system the system is flawed. No one wants to talk about mm-hmm. regulating judges, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. That's something that that's that's gonna that's a reform that nobody. Mm-hmm. I mean, the country as a whole don't want to address mm-hmm. uh, uh, the judicial system. Mm-hmm. A lot of times, these are appointed judge. A, I mean, a lot of a lot of these judges. I mean, in the in the, uh, the at the state level mm-hmm. or elected. Right, so see, these are elected uh, officials. And see, I think you're absolutely. You know, what's so funny is, and I know this might surprise you. I think you're absolutely right. I think that, you know, there there has to be uh, some accountability in the judicial branch to, to, to to bring judge, you know, to bring judges on accountable. board, hold them accountable yeah, for hold that. Them accountable. Yeah. I think you're right. I think you're absolutely right. I think that, but the only way we do that is we have to be able to. Get inside those systems, and I think we need to be able to um, work internally those systems. I think right now what's happening, and then and I want to move us along because I, I, I think it's interesting. Yeah, we'll, I mean, we'll fight. We'll, we'll, we'll fight. Yeah, because we'll fight. Because I think you and I have a similar background in the sense of what that looks like. I think, however, the approach is different. Where, you know, I have been in a corporate environment to where uh, I've been the only person of color there with people less qualified than me. Um, You know, I think I was telling you this when we were having a conversation that, you know, uh, we had to sue a certain well-known wealth management firm simply because they were cooking the books on the white advisors and cooking the book on the black advisors. I like like what you said. Right. And we ended up having to sue. But in that lawsuit, what simply happened was a lot of careers were ruined. And so because when you stood up for yourself. Right. And I did it very diplomatically in situations that were not very diplomatic to people will really get physical with you. I'd be very serious about this okay. to where you literally, um, you know, to where you literally had to approach. And it took us eight years, eight years to fight that battle. We almost lost it. And then we had they had to realize what the firm said is people. I had a very diverse clientele. The people that invested their money with me mm-hmm. knew that I worked on being competent. Even though I was, when I would give me their money, you're really nice for a color fella. Right? I'm, not, wow. I'm not a southern guy, right? Wow. When I'm not going back to the 1980s, I'm not going back to the 1990s, and I'm not going back to the early 2000s. I'm going back to, you know, 2012 and 2013, right? And so, and then you, you know, you sort of smile and say, thank you very much. You want to be professional. Why wouldn't right? that be on that? Why wouldn't that be on the individual? Do you believe that well, everybody within the well, firm, I, I the firm think, is racist? Uh, yeah, I think that, you know, when it, if I were to tell you individually one-on-one, I would say that there was more than that were not. Okay. Okay. Um, and, and, and I tend to be a very well-balanced diplomatic human being. 
And I would tell you that, you know, I'm the one that's invited to the party. And I would tell you that sometimes what's being said is you just kind of scratch your head and go, huh? I mean, I'll give you... I want to commend you. First, before you go any further, I want to commend you on using the system... The, the, the justice well it wasn't me to br- to it, it wasn't me it was we really had to get senior advisors to go and get that battle before the 700 of us that were there globally a lot of people lost their career that firm was one where I was going to retire simply because we showed up brown now you were actually talking to someone and I'll say this when I was yeah. younger didn't believe in DWB driving around black mm. believed that if I just picked myself up out my bootstraps I would figure it out right <laughs> went on to get an undergrad lived my life very uh, integrated and you know would handle those issues where I can people would commend me for not having a chip on my shoulder and not being angry and you're not an African American you're in a Jamaican and you know my friends look like the Rainbow Coalition and yet whenever I went to go do something or push to go further it, it, eventually it had dawned on me something's different here and when we start having very frank conversations about what that looks like in a friendly way, people were more surprised about how I felt because I'm like, well, you know, I'm watching you get ahead and you don't deserve it. So help me understand, managing my emotions, why you got a $25 million account when I've been doing this a lot longer than you and I'm better at it than you are, right? That's helping you feed your family and yet the firm is killing me on an economic standpoint. I got a problem with that. That is a systematic institutional system or when you go and buy a mortgage, when you go get a mortgage, for example, right? Redlining mortgages. My credit might be better than yours. I've had advisors work with me who took a subprime loan. They lived in a house worth twice the one I had at the time. They weren't any more qualified, but you know who gets the blame for it? The people that are sitting down in those neighborhoods that buy a $75,000, $100,000 house. See, those are the things we don't want to talk about. And my approach is not I one of it. victimization. I'm a capitalist. Mine comes from a no, sense no, 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 of... No, 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 no. I'm not talking about I know. What your position. I know. I'm talking about what's happening with... I know. With, 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 we're talking about the riots and all that kind of stuff. And it, right. But that narrative right. is, is what's constantly being right. repeated. I'm not saying that the system's not broken. Right. Of course it's... Right. I mean, look, we, but we've, intentionally been, we've so. been through... I would say intentionally the, so. How many, how many mortgage crises have we been through? How many SNL loan crises have we been through? I mean, th- think about what we're doing. Yeah, we've been And all lot. they were doing... Agreed. I mean, this was a this was a big manipulation. And it's all manipulation yeah. by Wall Street. Yeah. It's, like, it's not like... Yeah, it's mean, not like we don't that, know. That, that's my industry, but I hear you. I got, I, well, look, I'll, I'll, I'll take it. tell you real. You got to tell mean, the it, truth. Look, it, it is you what gotta, it is. You got to tell the truth. You know, that's what these manipulations are happening. You know what? And a lot of the minority communities, if you really think about it, uh, with, with the with the mortgage meltdown in two thousand eight, there are a lot of minorities that lost their homes, mm-hmm. and Wall Street came in and bought them up. Mm-hmm. Now they've gentrified those areas, mm-hmm. and those people cannot go back mm-hmm. and buy their mm-hmm. and, and reclaim their mm-hmm. properties. Um, we we got we right. as 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 minorities right. uh, as minority leaders got to start thinking. Right. Along those lines, absolutely. See, I've heard I heard some of these leaders that with with these protests like um, that that were going on, they you know with the riots and stuff, mm-hmm. and some of the pastors would come on and say, "Look, we got to do this. This was time to do it. Mm-hmm. Now we're gonna make them listen to us. Mm-hmm. Now, yes, they're gonna listen to you. Mm-hmm. It ain't gonna be what you want to hear. Mm-hmm. It ain't gonna be because now people gotta start thinking about the reforms that have to be in place to prevent mm-hmm. you from ever doing this again." Mm-hmm. 
See, that's what that's what. See, back in the day, back in the day, they fought the right way. Right. They were they were. I, I look at those leaders, and like I said, we talked the sixties and seventies. Yeah. Think about what the NAACP was then. Yeah. Uh, it was posed the question to me uh, a couple of days ago as to why the NAACP is, is allowing groups like the Black Lives Matter or what these other mm-hmm. uh, radical agendas to carry their mm-hmm. message. How, how the, was, the NAACP yeah. was, was, was for different. black empowerment, right? Right, right? And what they did was they used lawsuits mm-hmm. to make the system change, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. We can, we, yeah, we, we hold up uh, 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 Rosa Parks as mm-hmm. being one of, you know, one of our founding, you know, founding leaders for what she did. Right. But what, what a lot of people don't realize is that that, that, was, it, that was orchestrated by the NAACP mm-hmm. for it to happen that mm-hmm. way. The first person that was a, that was part of that lawsuit was mm-hmm. was, was Claudette Clothin. Mm-hmm. She was supposed mm-hmm. to be in that case, right. but the NAACP knew that they had to come up with a strategy mm-hmm. cause, because there were so many other problems that, mm-hmm. was, that 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 she was dealing with as a teen. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, there was other things that they needed to get through. Right. So it was it was set up specifically so that that issue could be addressed. And right. the and the they knew how to use the system. Right. To turn the system against itself, right, but it, and right. that's a measure that we need to be doing now. Right. So, so what? So, I'm going to ask you this, and then I want to correlate this to um, uh, uh, your district and sort of an agenda you may have for them, because I think that's important. I think that's what. Yeah. Uh, I think that's what your. I think that's what needs to be heard. You know, and people said this to me before. You know, what is the right way? That that becomes a question I ask. What is the right way? That when we had Copernic taking a knee and peacefully protesting, much like <laughs> much like Muhammad Ali and much like yeah. those before him, much like those at the Olympics, much like Jesse Owens, much they done it in a peaceful way. And people wanted to say that as a veteran, you know, they're disrespecting the flag, you know, and and it didn't 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 for me didn't disrespect the flag, um, as a veteran didn't disrespect. It, the flag it was for it me. was disrespectful for me. What, I mean, like I said, we, what, but a veteran is the one who actually encouraged him to take a knee to peace that and that may have been show. What did he? What did he disrespect? Why, well, why I, was I, it disrespectful? I, he he could have took his knee at any time. But mm-hmm. what it was, it was he was doing it during the national anthem, and and we we got this is when we're paying reverence to the flag. I mean, whether how patriotic you are, I don't mm-hmm. know, but I know that after two thousand one, after nine, you know, after mm-hmm. the the nine eleven attack, uh, America saw a whole different sense of, of patriotism. Did it right? I, did it not for about five minutes? <laughs> okay, well, so we're only the the, the bottom line is right. it, we're talking about we're right. talking about a system that. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of people became aware mm-hmm. of what their patri- what their what their what their patriotism was to their country mm-hmm. after what happened in nine eleven. Right. So, but but you fast forward now, a lot of these young people didn't live through that, mm-hmm. or, or they they you sure. know they were little when right. that happened, right? right? Sure. So Is they any- may not see it the same yeah. way. Is there anything more patriotic in America than protests? Because I'm I'm. I you know I do a lot of yeah, a lot of yeah, research yeah, about you, you know, the thirteen you. colonies. John That's your Adams. First Amendment. No, I got it. And and well, and specifically with John Adams, and I'll say this: one of the things that really sticks to me that really you know they were they had so many wars that they were fighting back then. They had the Spanish, they had the French, and then they had the British. And America had formed a government sort I, of temporarily I, to say you know we need to figure this out. And I remember. Uh, when I read the biography written by uh, Lynn Cheney, by the way, that uh, was talking about uh, what John Adams had been working with with um, 
uh, Hamilton on, and and they were working with some of the ideas. And one of the gentlemen, I think it was, I think it was J- John Henry. I can't remember his last name. But when you listen to his entire speech, we quoted a lot. It says, "Give me liberty, or give me death." But but with the but where that argument came from, and I would encourage any one of our listeners and and, and, yeah. and anyone that's, that's viewing this, is to go back and listen to his whole speech. And what he was saying was, is that if you want me to live in chains, if your if your argument is for us to go back to to the British, and you want me to live in chains, and you want me to live in subjugation, and you want me to live in a system to where I am now the oppressed, give me liberty or give me death. How is that any different? It you know we look historically and we say, well, you got to sort of do it the right way. Yet we live in a country to where. There were riots and bloodshed and murder over a stamp tax. There was riots, bloodshed over, like over said, a Tea Party the tax. The generation that we're that, in right now. How is that different? Is that appropriate? Is that appropriate nowadays? You know, if you're going to ask me, today? I would say, I would. Would it be appropriate today? I would say that we have a long history of protest. We right? do. We do. And I, and I but, think that I think that people that have been to been to war and been to combat know when they're in war and when they're in combat, right? When you when you're watching people, children, and look, you know, we could say black on black, white on white. No one is saying that any level of 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 murdering another human being somehow has a higher value because the person committing the act against that person is somehow easier to 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 digest, right? Right. But this is a the the problem with this one is is that this is a sort of uh, ongoing historical narrative to keep a certain people in their place when it is... See? But look what you When it is... Listen, though. No, my basis (laughs) is not coming from media. It's coming from the founding fathers who asked this very question. Now you're going to go back to history? Yes, because isn't that what we're doing? We don't want to take a, we don't want to take down statues because we want to go back into history. Yeah, no, 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 no. Yeah, we no, want no. to celebrate they, losers. They, right? they can look. I don't care what they do with that. I, that, I that, agree. Ain't, that ain't my thing. I, I agree. Whatever. That ain't my I, I don't, people I'm say concerned about the interests of my people, of the people right. in my community. Okay, right? and that's what that's what I'm asking. This country. So, so with, right. So with with within, and then let me let me bring this back. Um, let me bring this back to you because I really like healthy conversations, and I really want to give you mad respect. For actually the way that you approach your argument, and I and 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 I'm saying that you know whether we're filming the podcast or not, I would tell you I would oh, tell man, you off camera. <laughs> I it's, it's nice to be, I know, I know, me too. <laughs> but you know, you have a platform, and uh, you know what has been the response. You know, whenever you're doing something different, right? Um, here you are, a man of color, with and you've chosen uh, the. Re- the you know a, a party, uh, the Republican Party. Um, how has your community share with us some of the challenges okay. that come with being, right. you know, come with being, me, come with being a man of color that decides, you know, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna go down this path. I want to go down this path because that resonates with me as an individual. What has been some of the pushback within your, you know, by you taking that stance, and and how do you plan? to uh, relay your message to your constituents because this is yeah. what this is really about. I really want to hear your voice on that. So just 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 real quick, I, I do wanna wanna say that um, everything about me was was done it, 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 I was I just I just believe that God molded me to become mm-hmm. who I am. Right. I think it's 
Now it's about me empowering other people to achieve. Mm-hmm. And we started this, when we started this podcast at the beginning, I started talking about my my upbringing and how the family was broken and how all those things that I was frustrated with. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, look, I, I had a, an, a, a a life that I was unhappy with. Mm-hmm. But I can say that and, and, and the military was my outlet. That mm-hmm. opened door, that be, that that opened the door, mm-hmm. changed my worldview, allowed mm-hmm. me to enter the police force. Mm-hmm. And and after that I became entrenched in education. Mm-hmm. So I'm 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 a you know I'm a, I'm a doctor of education. Yeah, no, you so yeah, you've really yeah, so I'm, I'm entrenched in education. You've gone I love beyond. right. But but my story is not the the that's not what it's about. Mm-hmm. It's about a kid coming from the inner city with everything being broken in his life. Mm-hmm. For him to be able to go on, and even as recently as 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 2008, I mean, mm-hmm. I'm sorry, 2018, mm-hmm. being offered a presidential appointment to the White House, mm-hmm. um, is it, is something that that it, traditionally I, I I'm still baffled by mm-hmm. how does a kid like me achieve that, mm-hmm. right? Not that I'm any, and I'm saying that because I'm no different than everybody else. I, I get it, right? I do. I, I know what that. it's like to not right. have opportunities in right. your community. I know right. what it's like to not be able to, right. you know, to not be able to go to the, to to a real grocery store in your mm-hmm. community. All you got are the look the mm-hmm. corner stores, what mm-hmm. we call the food deserts, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. I know what that feels like, right. Right. and and I'm saying now, being at this point, I'm conservative in my values. Mm-hmm. Um, I hate the the the, the partisan. Ideologies, the Democrat, Republican, um, but I am conservative in my values, mm-hmm. right? I believe mm-hmm. in in personal responsibility, you know, mm-hmm. fiscal responsibility, mm-hmm. the rule of law. Most importantly, our national sovereignty. I don't believe that we should have uh, China and these other other countries manipulating mm-hmm. our platforms to incite mm-hmm. violence in our country, and that's what's happening. I mean, I, I don't know if you read any of the stuff that mm-hmm. I've done, but um, we have outside entity entities interfering mm-hmm. with our own our own. Yeah, no, I, uh, I did. I have taken a look. Yeah, at that, absolutely. Stuff, yeah. Um, how, how is your message resonating with as a choice? Like, so you're you're okay. up. I'm going to take this. So you're up against um, uh, a, a long Bernie Manish, yeah, yeah, a long-standing uh, Democrat yeah. in, in in her district, and there was something that that compelled you to run that you saw within your district. There was something that you felt you could either do better or maybe your people weren't what, what was it that compelled you to take on this and especially in this environment what and what's going to make you different what can what can what do you how do you think you're going to be able what's your platform and how are you going to be able to turn the tide um in in that district i'm, I'm going to give you well, the, a, a chance to yeah, so talk about so that. this is where I'm at. I have, like I said, I've been a community advocate for several years, mm-hmm. right? So I've been in the community advocating for, you know, as a, as a the president of the Dallas Fallen Officer Foundation, uh, Texas Fallen Officer Foundation, National Fallen Officer Foundation. I did this nationally, trying to advocate mm-hmm. for law enforcement and bridging the gap between the police and the community. Mm-hmm. Uh, you may not even realize that this situation happened, but after the shooting attack happened in Dallas um, on uh, July 7, 2016, mm-hmm. Uh, five police officers were killed. There was a a uh, NFL running back, uh, Isaiah Crowell, out mm-hmm. of uh, the Cleveland Browns, mm-hmm. and he tweeted an image that that had a um, uh, an ISIS-like fighter standing behind a police officer, slitting his throat, and it had mm-hmm. hashtag hashtag Black Lives Matter hashtag Kill Police. Mm-hmm. Well, that kid, and, and I say he's kid because he's same age, he was same age as my son mm-hmm. at the time, and. Um, 
but he 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 tweeted it right, mm-hmm. and because he did that, the uh, the, the the city of I mean there was a there was a crisis that happened in mm-hmm. Cleveland right mm-hmm. the uh, the police union were bought were, was talking about boycotting the mm-hmm. the Cleveland Browns the, they you know they were shutting them down whatever right mm-hmm. and he goes on ESPN he tells ESPN I'm gonna donate my first check to the Dallas Fallen Officer Foundation mm-hmm. right the kid just get just get to the league mm-hmm. what they make thirty thirty some thousand yeah. dollars for whatever his first yeah. check right yeah <laughs> and. Uh, and I told so ESPN called me and asked me to to um, you know about about the money, mm-hmm. and I said I don't want the kid's money. I want the kid. I mm-hmm. want to talk to him. You know, have him come with me, mm-hmm. and I want to take him to the officer's funeral. I was going to one of the uh, officers that had got killed in the attack. Right. I was actually going to the funeral, right. so I didn't think they were actually going to come in. Mm-hmm. But uh, they called me back. They we set everything up. They said we don't want to make this a media thing. Mm-hmm. I said I don't either, but I want the kid to come in so mm-hmm. I can talk to him. And just listening to this young man talk, listening to what he—they had legitimized mm-hmm. this this the the label Black Lives Matter. Mm-hmm. They had legitimized um, they everything associated with it. Mm-hmm. So when he saw the image, boom! Okay, y'all say y'all police killing people, mm-hmm. click, and he sent it out just like that. The that caused an entire uh, uh, a whole I mean you should have seen the net you got to go look yeah. at the media yeah, talk, but, it, but it, it, up, it was yeah. really bad but anyway yeah, make a long story short uh, I came in I brought the kid in we had a really good talk took mm-hmm. him to the deal and I didn't do, the only thing I did was I came back and I wrote a um, I wrote a post mm-hmm. and I talked about the experience mm-hmm. and how culturally uh, there was a disconnect mm-hmm. right the mm-hmm. kid had never they had never had a positive interaction with law enforcement mm-hmm. okay mm-hmm. and the only thing he knew is what other people had said about law enforcement mm-hmm. that created a mindset in him mm-hmm. and when I think about that I think about what's happening in a lot of these majority minority districts mm-hmm. they're being conditioned because they don't have those positive interactions mm-hmm. right um I was able to go to Cleveland and fix that situation, mm-hmm. working with the police department and, mm-hmm. and you know, doing different things. Uh, even when he, when he got picked up by, by, by the Jets, I was able mm-hmm. to do the same thing with, mm-hmm. with New York. Um, but as an advocate, that's who I am. Mm-hmm. I believe that it's important for, especially our majority minority districts, to mm-hmm. have um, relationships with their police. Mm-hmm. So me personally, I'm running on a platform of addressing the, the, uh, the crime issue in our minority minority districts mm-hmm. okay there are 435 u.s house seats 28 mm-hmm. percent of them so 121 other house seats are majority mm-hmm. minority districts mm-hmm. all of them are run by democrats um you'll hear the republican party use that as talking points mm-hmm. they'll say oh you know all the the democrat cities are being run down by mm-hmm. you know by the democrats mm-hmm. but the reality is the Republican Party don't run. They don't touch those seats. Mm-hmm. They don't. They don't even go into those areas mm-hmm. because they don't feel like that that is that is worth winning. That is, they have qualified candidates. Right, to run because it. the numbers because are, the numbers don't look don't right look that way. Right. So, when you ask me about me being a Republican running, I'm running. There's there's two party system. Okay, mm-hmm. yeah. The I am a, I'm a real conservative. In my ideology. I'm running on the Republican Party party ticket. Understood. Okay. That don't mean I align with a whole lot of the the far right stuff that and that was fit. what I was gonna right that okay was, that was gonna ask me I yeah was ask you that question is how do you align your platform given that 
the majority of people, where they're getting their information from is the mainstream media. How do you yeah. get your message across when, you know, they're turning on their television, pick a channel, and then, you know, historically, uh, in, in recent history. Uh, I'm glad you said that yeah, because say, a lot of people don't know right, the history said, of the Democratic Republican Party. Right. That's why I want to say recent history. Recent history. Right. Okay. Recent history to where we have been. When I mean we, I mean for the most part, people of color have been um, primarily democratic in our voting practices. Although I think there are some, like myself, yeah, uh, that have tried to look beyond party and look at Individual. programs, individuals, yeah. and programs. initiatives. That's really going to make my country better. You know what's so funny? That takes a lot of homework. So yeah. how do you how do you handle that? Like, how do you handle... Gene, I, I am... How are you handling that? I would tell you what was so crazy. So And I know that's something I just told you about myself that I, I really dude, plan hey, to tell I got, you. I got to get But I'm like, this, you know, I'm like... <laughs> I didn't plan to let that cat out the bag. I like to I like to play sort of what is he, what isn't he, but that's that's just my truth. No, look, that's just my truth. You, you're gonna look up. Look, I just released I just released my 21st century plan of the New Deal, mm-hmm. and we know we know that the that the New Deal um, that that's not that's not a Republican Party platform, mm-hmm. uh, but it, but it's called earning, mm-hmm. right? And what I talk about. Is I'm addressing economic issue. I'm mm-hmm. addressing socioeconomic issue. I'm, I'm addressing crime. I'm addressing mm-hmm. uh, the redistribution of of um, uh, of um, um, resources. Well, okay. Right. right. Not, not not wealth. No, definitely yeah. not wealth. Right. But but resources. We're talking sure. about resources sure. that uh, misallocation of resources that have mm-hmm. been that have disparately impacted minority communities, mm-hmm. especially my district. Mm-hmm. Right. If we look at at education as a whole. Why is it that that the the urban upper class communities uh, they receive thirty six thousand per mm-hmm. per student when when a lot of your lower uh, minority communities uh, in edu- in education receive mm-hmm. thirteen thousand per student mm-hmm. per year? Um, you know that, that's a problem. That mm-hmm. that misallocation is, is is that's why that's why you see a lot of your students in in uh, your urban communities failing. Mm-hmm. So I say as an advocate who believes in economic development. Um, you know, uh, dealing addressing crime, mm-hmm. addressing education, mm-hmm. those are three the three top, and environmental. Republican Party didn't talk about environmental. No, they, you're right. I'm I'm like you're moving away from. Yeah, they don't they don't talk about. But, but I know right. that these things impact right. the minority community. Right. Right. I'm running to address the issues that's that impacted my community. Yeah, that's interesting. I just went out to uh, to uh, Shingle Mountain mm-hmm. out here, man. We got mm-hmm. seventy thousand tons of shingles in mm-hmm. people's backyard, man. And, and and you can smell. I mean, the the, wow. the tar smell seventy thousand tons. Wow! And the company that's not being that, addressed that, right now by the. No, no, mm. it, it's it's been going on for years. Mm. It's been going on for years, and the company that that did it, mm. they filed for bankruptcy and left. Mm. The city hadn't addressed it. The mm. state hadn't addressed it. The federal government. What was the EPA? Mm-hmm. Right. True. You got people over there that that are developing all mm-hmm. types of ailments. Um, you can smell it. I was out there talking to one of the business owners, and he was talking about how. The um, how how the uh, fiberglass when mm-hmm. the wind blows the fiberglass blows in the air. Oh wow! Because it's coming off the it's yeah. coming off the stuff. Yeah, wow. and 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 you cannot tell me the health issues related to that mm-hmm. are going to have to be addressed. Mm-hmm. So what traditionally comes out of Republican Party won't be coming from me, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. My values are conservative. When mm-hmm. people know my values are conservative, but I'm not I'm not promoting a victim ideology. Mm-hmm. I'm not promoting a 
uh, government do mm-hmm. it for me. I believe in limited government. Mm-hmm. I don't like the look. I came from the ghettos. I came from the projects. I don't mm-hmm. want the government's thumb on me, mm-hmm. right? If 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 I hadn't made a conscious decision to get from up under the government's thumb, I would I would still be. Still I mean, be and, and a lot you of my peers. Doc, you wouldn't be a doctor. Right <laughs> I wouldn't be a doctor right, <laughs> right. now. You wouldn't be a doctor. So right now. so the reality is, I want to give every young man, young man and woman, uh, an opportunity mm-hmm. to succeed. And you got to have people that know how to do mm-hmm. it. All the relationships I've, I've established in D.C. over the years mm-hmm. ha- have specifically geared me up to be able to um, to run so, a significant so race. In, in, and that's interesting. Um, interesting. We'll have to talk about that online, because offline, because that's that's some of uh, you, you answered a lot of the questions that I have, um, and I think you even handled the one about some of the most uh, contrib- you answered a lot of these questions, by the way. Um, Switching gears a little bit. What's your favorite word and why? My favorite word, mm-hmm. I say it had to be opportunity. Okay. Why? Why is that? Because I know that with opportunity uh, comes growth. That's, that's, that's the that's the cornerstone of of uh, success is, mm-hmm. is opportunity. Okay. And um, I think as long as people are able to have opportunities, they mm-hmm. can get themselves up to achieve. Mm-hmm. And you know that's How, what I really believe. Okay. How? Going back to something you mentioned before, and I want to pick up on this one is is um, you know you had talked about your concern for the health care uh, of of your potential constituents, yeah. um, uh, and I imagine you spend a lot of time in your district really trying to trying to shake hands and really get to know people and and I, and I not just I, as a politician. No, I, I mean I, I, I know I'm, I'm that's, what, anyway. that's, that's what, what I do. I was so. just getting ready to say. Yeah. Um, is quite like you, uh, you know, people always talk about me about politics, and I say I just don't have the patience because <laughs> I'm going to tell you how the cow eats the cabbage. <laughs> and, you know, one of the things that I find most surprising um, yeah. about our conversation, uh, more than our first conversation, is um, your approach to how you... I'm sorry, man. But look, let me, let me just... I'm going to limb and, and okay. say this. So... You know, you really mean. What so, you next say. question I have is: um, that, that, that this is it's kind of funny. With, so, who's your favorite musical artist? Win a seat for you. Can you, can I, you, can you see me not endorsing one or another. We're talking human being, human musical yeah. artist, man. Because you know there are real. Nah, you're absolutely right. There are. Real I know I'm a little bit. I'm a little bit younger. <laughs> I, I like. I like that. Oh yeah, yeah. In our history, to where we have to address those issues. We made much like MLK, Mark. So, uh, so finally, what what would you what would what would you like your legacy to be? I mean, if you if you could have a billboard with anything on it, what would it be and why? Like, if you could put a billboard up in your constituency, um, you know, what would your message what would your message be to them and, and, and why? I think. Um Outside of political, mm-hmm. I would want to say something like, um, like um, fulfill, fulfill your legacy or um, actualize your dream. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, because I do believe, you know, Martin Luther King talked about having a dream and what his, you know, mm-hmm. what his dream was for his time. Mm-hmm. And I think that we all have dreams in, in this period. Being able to actualize it, 
being able to figure out what it takes to be able to make that a reality mm -hmm. is what I want young people to start doing for the next generation. And uh, I don't think we're talking about that enough. Right. I don't think that's right. right. that's at the back of our mind. Now we got pop culture and everything else in front of us mm -hmm. that we're not really thinking about. You know, mm -hmm. what what does life twenty years from now look like mm -hmm. for me? What does it look like for the next generation? What does it look like for my grandkids? Mm -hmm. And um, when I, when I, we don't talk about that. Mm -hmm. So so for your base, for your uh, I mean, you're as a congressional candidate for. Texas, Texas District 30, um, and you're running against um, Ernie Bernice Johnson. And what would you like your consist your consistency your 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 base to know the people that you're serving? Uh, what would you like to What would you like to tell them that is going to make their situation? Uh, better. Um, I think you you hit on a point of um, uh, Miss Johnson has been in been in uh, office for quite a long time. Uh, why is that concerning to you? Why do you? The the bottom line is look. I, I don't want to attack. I don't want to attack her as a person. Mm -hmm. um, but we have to acknowledge the, the the systemic issues that have been impacting this district for so mm -hmm. long. The lack of opportunities have led to this, mm -hmm. um, you know, economic despair in this community. Mm -hmm. Okay, so I want to be able to empower people. I'm, I, I, anybody that know me, they just know that I'm going to fight for the interests of the people. Mm -hmm. Right? I'm going to what I say I'm going to do. I'm going to do it. Mm -hmm. or I'm going to leverage every relationship I can to make it happen. And um, right now, I just, I just, I've identified a lot of issues that are centrally happening in my area. Um, that I know are happening in other mm -hmm. minority communities across this country. Mm -hmm. But we don't have people talking about them, mm -hmm. right? Because those people, Agreed. the leaders yeah. that are in office, aren't right. the lead, they, they aren't coming from right. from from a, a, a perspective of, mm -hmm. a lot of them haven't even been to the, you know, to the, the communities that they represent in a long time. Mm -hmm. um, but I'm, I'm coming from a perspective of a, of a genuine, mm -hmm. humble perspective. I just want to give people opportunities. Mm -hmm. I know what I went through. I know that like, you and I talked about it a little mm -hmm. bit offline. Absolutely. You know, being, right. Um, I, I, just, I, just, I just don't want any other kid to have to go through Agreed. that. Agreed. Right? Agreed. And I think we can right. do it by putting systems in place to empower people to be strong, mm -hmm. to, to empower people to find those opportunities, mm -hmm. to actualize their goals, what are their dreams, and, and go meet them. Mm -hmm. uh, and then uh, one more I – I do have one more question. I just thought about this one. Um, when – what do you think the um, uh, the party that that you're affiliated with, the Republican Party? What do you think they have to do? I've been hearing a lot of uh, Republicans talking about beyond um, the current administration and, and how to broaden their uh, appeal yeah. Uh, yeah. to people that are not traditionally. Uh, Republican, and after we've talked online and offline, I, I think we found uh, a lot of things in, in, in common um, with similar backgrounds. I think the party has to have a what do you think they philosophical, have to do? ideological shift in thinking. Mm -hmm. Right now, there are so many um, people within the party that are closed minded, mm -hmm. right? And, and what we've done is we've stuck. 
to to yeah, we are conservative in our ideology, mm -hmm. and I'm, I want to give you this because I want you to grab it. Sure. Back in, so we know that the Democrat Party was the party of slavery, and all those, the, mm -hmm. the, you know, Jim Crow and everything mm -hmm. else was was all part of the Democrat Party. Mm -hmm. But we lost this vote in 1980, in, in, in a 1965 mm -hmm. election, right? A 1964 election, and we saw that with with uh, Barry Goldwater. Mm -hmm. Barry Goldwater is the father of constitutional conservatism, mm -hmm. and you know what he said at the time? Mm -hmm. I'm not going to support the Civil Rights Act because it's not in the Constitution. Mm -hmm. So when you start talking about being a constitutional conservative, mm -hmm. you're saying that if it's not in the Constitution, I'm going I'm going to embrace it. But what that did was, that put the Republican Party in an area. Think about what happened. Right, right. We had the Civil Rights mm -hmm. Bill. When we talking about equality for, mm -hmm. for, 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 for minorities, African Americans mm -hmm. in this country. And the, as a party, they say that we're not going to support it. Mm -hmm. The party stuck with Barry Goldwater. 86% of the African American population moved over to the Democrat Party. Mm -hmm. The black church kept them there. Mm -hmm. Okay, mm -hmm. the Republican Party never tried to go back and get them because they didn't need them. Gotcha. Right. The, right. It, the world moved on. Yeah. They didn't need them. Wow. But now, and, and they were able to stick. They were able to stick within the bounds of what their the party value was. Conservative mm -hmm. ideology. You know, pull yourself up by your bootstraps. Mm -hmm. The stuff that mm -hmm. you you're talking about. A right. Ago, right. Right. That's right. 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 The problem is. That these 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 economic disparities or things that have happened in the mm -hmm. minority community, the Democrat parties have, have that they've been having the minor, the African American minority community for so long, mm -hmm. and they've always overpromised, mm -hmm. and we keep reelecting them over and over again, reelecting mm -hmm. them over and over again. They overpromise but underdeliver. Mm -hmm. The Republican Party never had to make a shift, never had to make a change mm -hmm. to get any of those people. Right. Now that now that we're these elections are changing. Mm -hmm. Now that they know that the minority vote is becoming more and more important, mm -hmm. they need these mm -hmm. demographics, mm -hmm. right? You can't just you got to We can't. We, we can talk about Obama winning. Fourteen percent right. of the American population. It's true. No matter if every black man voted for right. Obama, he right. wasn't gonna get in office. Right. Uh, right. Black right. man and woman, Yo, he wasn't gonna get in. That's true. You had right. to have the have the right. white vote. You had that's to have true. whatever. You that's had to true. have people right. voting. Right. Now they're realizing that the minority vote is important. Mm -hmm. In order for the, the, the Republican Party to be able to go get those minority votes, mm -hmm. they have to be there. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, in the 121 minority districts mm -hmm. that we talked about, they mm -hmm. don't have the infrastructure. They're not there. Mm -hmm. I'm running in a district that Republicans don't want to come in. Mm -hmm. I'm doing this because I want to be here. Mm -hmm. And I think that's where I think that's what we got to almost push back against the the partisanship mm -hmm. right now we're talking about the people we're mm -hmm. talking about the humanistic nature mm -hmm. of life you know what happens with people how are people being impacted by policies mm -hmm. agreed I'm conservative in my values and that's the only party that fits for right. my conservative right. values and, and remi remember I went later in life before I started learning really learning about mm -hmm. the history I mean I knew the history of, mm -hmm. of, of uh, but I never really, I never really studied mm -hmm. um, the the different political systems in the United States. I never studied it. Mm -hmm. But when I learned about it, I realized, like, man, I, you know, I can't, I can't fit with that. Now, mm -hmm. now it makes sense to me why, you know, why, why I had to stay in the projects. Mm -hmm. You know, why, you know, certain things were the way that they were growing up. Now mm -hmm. it makes sense to me, and I, and I, 
I put that ideology within this this liberal framework mm-hmm. of the government mm-hmm. lim- limiting, mm-hmm. you know, uh, uh, putting the thumb on me. Mm-hmm. So the only party that was that was talking about limiting government, you know, uh, that makes sense. stronghold on, a, on a person is, is, yeah. and not taxing me for mm-hmm. don't tax me because of my my prosperity. You know, right. and, and, and as as a as a conservative, I'm saying if I want to if I earn a dollar. Mm-hmm. Allow me to donate that my fifty cent mm-hmm. if I want to donate my fifty cent. Mm-hmm. Allow me to do that. Mm-hmm. Don't take my fifty cent mm-hmm. and then give it away. Mm-hmm. See, that's the different ideologies that we got to make sure mm-hmm. that we're breaking it down. Allow me to be able to donate ten ten cent at a time mm-hmm. until I get to that fifty. Yeah. Instead so, of the government taking it. Yeah. From me. So how do you account for those people that don't? Have the fifty cents to donate. How do you account for those people that don't have that opportunity to to make to make that decision? I mean, we obviously have people that don't have the yeah. So this is not where where we're talking about a a uh, redistribution of wealth. Mm-hmm. I want to make sure we're we're saying sure. you know, we're saying the same sure, thing. I'm sure. not saying I'm going to take from you, I got you and give it to them. Right, right. Now I, there 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 are. Parts of philanthropy that have to be mm-hmm. they have to become in place, but Agreed. this is where right. I lay it out in my go- in my economic plan, mm-hmm. and I call it and, Earn It. And where can people find that plan? They can they can find it on PennyForCongress.com. So okay. P-E-N-N-I-E for okay. Congress.com. Okay. Okay. So I, what I do is I lay it out right, and uh, um, ec- uh, economic academic reward network. So what okay. I'm telling people is. We have this partnership. You always mm-hmm. hear about public-private partnerships, mm-hmm. right? But they Correct. never talk about the people, right? right. But what I'm saying is, I'm, I'm, in, in layman's term, what we want government to do is mm-hmm. what it's supposed to do. Put put forth the the, the infrastructure projects. Mm-hmm. Do the things that you're supposed to do. Mm-hmm. Corporations, give the corporations tax incentives to let them come in and, and invest. Let mm-hmm. them want to do business, mm-hmm. right? They're doing business because it's, it's, it's profitable for them. Right, sure. And now you add the people to the equation. The people benefit. Mm-hmm. The people are now part of this system, and it's all about learning. Mm-hmm. It's about learning. You learn the mm-hmm. skills. So this system, God forbid, something ever happens in the United States where we hit with another pandemic and mm-hmm. we can't get goods from another country. Agreed. We can do right. it right here in the United States right. without having to, you know, right. ha- have Congress pass stimuluses and right. whatever. We can, we can do it right here in the United mm-hmm. States, right? Mm-hmm. That's essentially the framework, but 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 another part of that is mm-hmm. is, is promoting volunteerism. Mm-hmm. I want people not only to to um, to earn. Mm-hmm. I want you to be willing to give back. Mm-hmm. I want you to be willing to train. I want mm-hmm. you to be willing to help the next person come behind you because mm-hmm. that's how you're going to build up your community mm-hmm. is by you working with everyone else to do the same thing. Right. If right. everybody see, I can I can go out here and I can get rich on my own. Mm-hmm. That's my wealth. Mm-hmm. My wealth is not your wealth. Mm-hmm. That doesn't help the, the, the community abroad. That right. doesn't help everybody. Mm-hmm. But if we go out here together mm-hmm. and we get it, and we bring up our community, we build up our communities, mm-hmm. we, we, we're, uh, you know, we're investing in, in our, uh, our schools, mm-hmm. we're making, you know, whatever the, 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 the government's on it. To be realistic, the, the federal government only gives about 10%. Mm-hmm. Uh, they only pay 10% toward Public education. Mm-hmm. Everything else is really based on right. uh, here in Texas, especially here in Texas, right. it's your home, your home taxes. Yeah. And, you know that yeah, that's really the, taxes, the property yeah. tax. That's really that's right. the, the biggest. That's right. That's uh, right. Uh, uh, income revenue right. for education. But 
I'm saying in, in the minority communities, mm-hmm. if we find a way to 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 this black Wall Street this mm-hmm. thing, right, <laughs> you, right, you oh, yeah, you, you right, exactly. Build it yourself. Yeah, yeah. You yeah. build it yourself. That's right. You you create your own silver mm-hmm. learning centers. Mm-hmm. I don't want to use the company name. Yeah, no, I know. You create yeah. your own right. empowerment centers Absolutely. where people can come That's in. Right. Right. And they're not paying for training. They're not right. paying for education right. because knowledge is right. something that everyone should have. Right. I so get you, Right. So you're really... Your stance is not one of, and that's what we were talking about earlier. And folks, just so you know, we're actually talking to Dr. Trey Penny. He's a congressional candidate for Texas District 30. Uh, you can reach him at www.penniforcongress.com. Uh, for more information, you can do info at penniforcongress.com. Uh, he is running for uh, congressional candidate for Texas District 30. He has a new vision for Texas 30. Uh, we are having a uh, very frank, unfettered conversation with Dr. Penny, who is a uh, 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 former uh, Army veteran as well as a former police officer. Current. Who, current, current, <laughs> current. 21-year veteran Dallas 21 police 21-year Dallas police officer um, who is really sharing his vision for District 30 and, and, and how he believes that uh, as he says, we can create a, a, a new Wall Street. Um, Dr. Penny, is there, is there is there anything that you would like for your constituents to remember to to remember as they go to the polls here in in uh, upcoming polls here in November? Yeah, yeah. I want I want people to realize that that it's time for change. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's simply time for change. Government simply hadn't worked for the people mm-hmm. uh, as a whole, mm-hmm. right? Uh, this it's been years we we we've allowed the government to do what they were supposed to do and mm-hmm. they haven't done it. Mm-hmm. We've allowed leadership, leaders to be in place that uh, are supposed to rep- represent our interests that haven't mm-hmm. done it. Mm-hmm. Just real quick before we close out, I want to want to share this real this real life story. You ever heard of the Pony Express? Mm-hmm. Uh, 18, 1860? Yeah. Okay. Uh, the United States government needed a way to get its, its mail from, you know, the Middle East, mm-hmm. I mean, from the um, um, uh, the northern, northern, uh, mid, mid, midwest, right, 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 to, yeah. to, to yeah. California. They right. want to get it through California, right. and um, essentially what they did was they they employed these young men. Now these young men were were, were between age sixteen and twenty one, mm-hmm. and a lot of them were volunteering to take mm-hmm. this route. Right, they wanted to take this route. Mm-hmm. Uh, they understood that there were certain dangers involved in it, but they did it because they had to take care of their families. Sure. Otherwise, they were at home, they, you know, farming or whatever they sure. can do to sure. take care of the family. But this was, this was a simple way right. for them to, to essentially work for the government mm-hmm. and be able to take care of their families. So a lot of these young men, most of them were between the age of 16 and 18 that mm-hmm. actually signed up. And they would drive, they would all take this, this horseback ride. They would, they would transport these commodities uh, across the country, I mean, across, you know, the U.S., through, mm-hmm. through that, uh, that sector of California. And along the way, it was a, it was a ruggerous, uh, they had to face with all the terrain, and sure. along the way, a lot of them perished, right? They, a lot of them perished because of, you know, the terrain. They, they, uh, um, uh, a lot of them were attacked. Mm-hmm. On the, on the, you know, they were robbed. A lot, a lot of the stuff happened along the way. Right. And, you know, it, it took uh, a change in the system. The system mm-hmm. had to change in order for the United States government to realize that these it, that these babies were dying, right? right. The, the kids, like I said, we they were dying. About it, it lasted for about eighteen months, wow. and they were all dying mm-hmm. in this deal. And they were, but they, they get a new kid, sign them, mm-hmm. put them back on horseback, send them on their way. 
a lot of people when they hear the story they know they say that they stopped the Pony Express because the telegram was, the, was developing right mm -hmm. um, the transatlantic te telegram they, 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 they say that's why it'll stop mm -hmm. but the reality was United States government started to lose its greatest commodity along the way and its greatest commodity during this time to make him to make the government stop and say we need to do something different was not the, the kids that were dying along the way the commodity was their horses mm -hmm. the horses were getting killed by by, by the the, the uh, natives that were attacking mm -hmm. These, these group of young men. Mm. So when we start talking about the government doing things for us, we got to put it in context. The government's going to do what's beneficial for the government. Mm -hmm. And it's not about the people, mm -hmm. right? That's the way the government thinks. Mm -hmm. But when you start selecting leaders that believe in people, they're going to start working for the people and for the interests of the people. And that's how we're going to change government. Wow. Well, Dr. Penny, I'd like to thank you for your time. I, I can't. I, I can't thank you enough for the time we had the discussion both off, offline and online. Um, I think <laughs> between you. now and, and uh, uh, November, if you want to come back and be a guest uh, to talk about more about your new deal and, and anything else you'd like to discuss, you know, folks on Federer is a place to where we just have really open, frank conversations about um, really just about providing insight and education to people that, that um, uh, may not have that information. Uh, at their disposal. So appreciate thank you for it, your time. Thank I, you for I, having I really me appreciate it. No problem. No problem. My man. Thank you. So I wanted to provide a follow-up to this uh, episode and the um, agenda that folks unfettered tries to uphold. And that is one to keep each episode as unfiltered as possible. Um, the congressional candidate of District 30 uh, Dr. Uh, Penny and myself, we talked for about three hours, three and a half, really. And our discussions um, were both on and offline. In some ways, we agreed, and in some ways, we disagreed. Our job here at the channel is just to listen. So with all the noise that you hear and in all of the conversation that you hear, um, I captured as much as the conversation as I could. We're going to add some uh, snippets of our offline conversation where we get really frank about being a black Republican um, versus being a progressive. And what I will say uh, on behalf of the channel is that when it comes to truly making America great, it's going to take all of us to do that together. I was uh, making a point about um, the need for uh, all different type of methodologies from um, black leadership. Some may uphold the ideology of Martin Luther King. Some may uphold the ideology of Marcus Garvey. Some may uphold the ideology of Malcolm X. Um, we are all trying to get to um, the same mountaintop. We want equality, fair treatment, and opportunity for our people. We can disagree in the way that we go about that, but ultimately, um, like Dr. Penny and myself, we have to find a way to work together, to be 
shining light within uh, this country that we call America for our fellow citizens. It's going to take all of us not to change our, our ideology and our core values and beliefs, but to open our hearts and our minds and listen to our brother so that we can make our country great for all Americans. And hopefully what this episode captured is uh, there are num numerous uh, topics that Dr. Penny and I disagree on, uh, but my job on Folks Unfettered is, is just to listen, to provide a platform to people whose beliefs are different than my own. Sometimes we'll get into a heated discussion about that if the format calls for it. And sometimes I'll let you, the listener, make up your own mind. I think that with all the shouting and yelling in the mainstream media, that here at Folks Unfettered, we want people to be free to share their voice, even if um, what they espouse uh, we may not agree with. Now, unless it's out and outright misinformation or disinformation, um, then we obviously will um, correct that on the channel um, as the episode is either live or recorded. So I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I enjoyed um, presenting it to you. I hope you'll tune in to our next exciting episode of Folks Unfettered. Um, we are a channel that is constantly evolving. Um, if you would like to leave us a voice message um, to tell us in ways that we can improve the channel, perhaps talk about topics that are near and dear to your heart, um, we're always open for uh, constructive criticism and um, new attitude avenues for those of you to, to, to really have your voice and your concerns heard. In our next exciting episode, uh, we're switching gears. Uh, we will have um, Miguel Ramirez, uh, an exciting episode for um, a, a charitable organization uh, that is about sprouting bo bosses for uh, young teenagers from ages 13 and up. I think you'll find that episode to be quite thrilling and quite exciting. So we'll hope you, you'll uh, like, subscribe, hit the bell notification so you'll be notified of our next exciting episode. Uh, self-produced, self-managed, self-directed by yours truly. Uh, once again, this is Gene Folks uh, from Folks Unfettered. I'm that brother of light dropping knowledge in your left ear and wisdom in your right. Uh, thank you for your time and your attention. Have a good day.